wait a minute, wait turn, a minute. On the radio. turn on the radio My homie got a new show and it's time to play it's it though play I it hope you right. got in tune, got he talking bigger business big He make a lot of moves, lot of he talking Scott Couture Welcome to the Startup Showcase Junior Edition We got the end of the year show, super excited uh, I'm Scott Couture and obviously I'm your host But today is a special day, I've got a co-host uh, My baby daughter Vivian is joining me And she is, uh, I think she's a natural already Let's see if she has anything to say <laughs> She says hi to everybody. Uh, today's show is going to be kind of fun. Not only am I going to be juggling a child and playing Super Dad today, uh, but also we're going to talk about some of the market recap stuff from uh, 2019. I'm not a huge fan of doing the, like the the 2019 year and you know Europe wrap up, but I thought there was a couple things that were sort of notable and, and a transition that. I think to me signals some big changes going forward, uh, not just 2020 and investing uh, in startups and, and sort of the VC community, but actually in the actual markets uh, and what to expect. So I think we're going to jump into that a little bit after a quick commercial. And then, of course, the Startup Showcase edition of the show today is going to be a good one. We've got, uh, I think, some pretty high-tech stuff. I mean, we've got one company called uh, You Can Event, which... I think um, for those of you who have listened to Technor over the years, you know that Technor kind of started as an event. So it's it's a space that I know well. Um, I got out of it for a reason, so we'll figure out what that means. Um, but in general, I think I'm interested to see why this company seems to be growing so quickly because it's a San Francisco-based company. They've done 10,000 event services already. Um, and so it's just sort of an amazing... Um, I don't know, transformation, a way to figure out how to make events a monetizable thing and not just marketing. So that's that. And then, uh, Dealey, which I'm probably not pronouncing this right. Delay, Delay, Delay Corp, uh, is doing something with mechanical engineering and tools for hospitals, which I think everyone understands that there's got to be some changes in healthcare. And, and sometimes we sort of get focused in on just the dollars and cents, but a lot of it actually has to do with the tools themselves and, and how we use them. So we're going to learn a little bit about that. Um, but after this, we will definitely come back and talk a little bit more about the markets, uh, what you saw in 2019 and what you can expect in 2020. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm Scott Katoon. My co-host today is little Vivian Rose Katoon. She's uh, here. And I guess the question here is, we're talking about markets. We're talking about a little recap. Ashley, I'd love to have you join in on this. Are you investing anything? Are you Do you, do you take anything from this show? I do take a lot from this show, actually. I uh my parents have invested a lot of money for me when I was growing up, yep. so I do have stuff building up. I just don't know much about it. So this show has really helped me learn it from not my parents' perspective, yeah. because obviously... So th- that's an interesting... So because not just because I'm holding a small child in my arms <laughs> as I do this show, um, I, I think it's worth noting that, one, uh, obviously being in this space, and Vivi's talking to the mic, she wants you to hear her. Uh, <laughs> she's so cute. Um being a parent now, I think back on like investing and like what would I have done if I were if I were my parents and the amount of money that they've saved and that they have and they've provided me over the years is is obviously amazing. But the challenge for me is like I'm in this space. Like I invest, I look at companies. Like what would I what would I recommend this screeching little Vivi girl who's in the background to do with her money? And I have the opportunity now as a parent of a six month old child to make that choice. And so. Thank you to uh, both of her grandparents for putting up a thousand bucks each this year for Christmas to put away for her. So now I'm looking back and I'm thinking, what would I want to invest in? What would you want to invest in? And a lot of times parents look at like, and of course, there's been a lot of changes, right? Like when your parents started investing for you, they didn't have Robinhood apps and things for you to invest in like fractional shares. It was always, you know, put it in a Vanguard or whatever, and that's it. But now 
we have the option of investing in my phone. I can put my money anywhere, right? Including Bitcoin, which maybe now is a good time to buy since it's down low. What do you think, Vivi? Yeah, I think so. Speechless. She's spe- she's stunned. <laughs> um, no, but so like I'm looking at this and I'm wondering if I could make a choice, what would I put my money in? And I have to look at companies that are startup-y tech companies that have a huge application across a myriad of things. People have been poo-poo on Uber because of the valuation when they came out. But if you look at all the industries and things that they're in, and that's one of the companies to look at for 2020, but there's just so much potential. Tesla, I remember being on this show in the beginning of 2019 talking about how I thought Tesla was going to be just a massive year. And I think at the time they were trading at like $260, $280 a share. Obviously, they were like $530 yesterday. uh, or I'm sorry, $430 yesterday. But during the year, they dropped down to like $176 a share. And everyone's going, oh, Tesla's done. It's garbage, blah, blah, blah. They're almost four times, three times what they traded at their low this year. That is a company that has so many things, whether it's batteries they're involved in, which is going to be, you know, IP that they can sell to other car makers. They've got different cars. They've got trucks. They've got auto drive as a thing. They've got the whole charging network. They've got the, you know, the, the, um, the roof solar panels, which has been a flop up until now, but maybe there's hope. Those are the kind of companies I want to look at. I want to look at companies that have a, a way to make revenue in multiple ways. And so when I look forward for little Vivi here, where's your $2,000 you got for Christmas going to go? And that $2,000 to me is going to be spread in things that I think are safe investments so that the money isn't just gone, but also are investable, investable in a way where she's got 20 years for it to grow, right? So we can take high risks. And I mean, people know this. They invest their money in companies that have you know, high risk potential because they know they've got 20 or 30 years of investing to go, right? But for me and for you, we're a little bit... Uh, we have to come in with like actual revenue income now. We need real money to live. Whereas little Vivi girl, she's pretty much set with mom and dad. So when I'm looking at the 2019 year that was, I look at companies that I think are, are interesting. And the first one was, obviously I mentioned Tesla. Snapchat had gotten as low as $7. And I'm looking at Snap, now it's at 15 and 15.35 or something. And I'm looking like, why do you think Snapchat has potential? And I'll bring you back in, Ashley, in this because you are a person who probably uses Snapchat. What do you notice is a difference about Snapchat versus Instagram? There are a lot more ads, a lot more interactive uh, areas in Snapchat with all the stories. You can subscribe to different, um, I don't, not magazines, but different news outlets. It's yep. very news it's updated. Different. So like I look at Instagram and I look at Snapchat. Are you a big Snap user still or no? Yes, I still okay. use it. What are what are like the main use cases of you for Snap? Like is it is it chatting back and forth with friends directly? Is it group chats? What's the main use case? It's a lot of group chats now. Um, when streaks were a huge thing and that's what everyone was obsessed over, I used to do the streaks. And once they all just died off, we just started making group Snapchats because it was easier to communicate via Snapchat rather than text message, which yep. is interesting because you would think that since text messages come right to your phone instead of going to an app, you would see that faster. But we all saw Snapchat faster because they were pictures yep. and questions and pictures, videos. So then on Instagram... Are you clicking story? More people are posting stories on Instagram than they are on Snapchat, which is funny because Instagram ripped that off and stole it from Snapchat. <laughs> but like, would you say you scroll the feed kind of like a modern Facebook on right. Instagram, yeah. and then the communications are like, yeah, if a friend you know likes or, or comments on a story that I post, all right, fine, I'll communicate. But I'm not going to go to my Instagram DM to like communicate with people. 
yeah. versus Snapchat, where like that's what I, I mean, that's literally all I do with it. Exactly. Like with the Instagram, it's more just catching up pictures. Yep. Uh, I do look mo- at a lot of stories. It's a new. Stories. It's Facebook two right. right. It's a more uh, hip Facebook. For, I guess. Well, yeah, Facebook is the, the listenership on this show probably is like Facebook's the best. That's yeah. like that's their thing. <laughs> my mom. Uh, yeah, my mom. My mom and dad are like. Well, my mom smartly is not even on it, but my dad is probably scrolling on it literally as we as we talk. Um, the reason I run you through and the audience through this conversation is that one of the most interesting observations of 2019 for me has been the way that people communicate and how it's shifted. And Facebook, when we came into 2019, I was kind of getting away from Facebook a little bit. And I, I got it. Like younger people were done with it, but it really feels arcane to me now. Like it's like old and Instagram. I did not like it. I still like Snapchat better, but I get it. Right. So I'm scrolling through Instagram. What dawned on me, and this, this is something I think is interesting for anyone investing. Because this is another stock that I kind of had on the to watch, something to talk about in 19. We'll see. I don't know the answer yet for 2020. But in workplaces, and workplaces include schools, it includes all kinds of places, any place that's institutionalized and has rules and you spend a a large amount of your time there, you still want to communicate with your friends, whether they're in the institution, sounds like it's prison. Kind of (laughs) sometimes it feels like work is prison. Uh, Whether you're in the institution or they're outside of the the walls, you still want to communicate with them. What I've noticed is people who started using Slack internally at their business or Microsoft Teams started to take a tone for how they would communicate. And it's like the exact opposite of what normally happens where like you're you're doing something really like consumer friendly outside and then you bring it to work and you start using it there and people are like, oh, what's that? And next thing you know, you're all on TikTok. Um, but what's interesting about it is it went the opposite way. All the people who are used to communicating via text and sort of like what I would call, um, it's it's like a, man, what's the, the right word here? It's like a decentralized sort of like you would fling. You, we all have them. We all have the friends who are like the long texters. They write like 80, par- 80, par- 80 <laughs> sentence long paragraph. You're like, whoa, what the heck? <laughs> and then you also have the friends who like ping, 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 ping. Every, every they, they cut it down to like words. They don't even, they write a whole paragraph in like 12 texts in words. And you're like, what? Dude, can't you just like write in a sentence? Like, what is going on? That is what used to be our communication outside of work. Now, at work, people have to be succinct. They got to be quick. They got to have attachments. They got to be able to visualize what they're trying to say quickly. And I think that it's taken off. And I know it's part of it is in, in schools and education, a lot of classes are running entire classes on channels on Slack. And so they've gotten this habit of group communication being succinct, writing everything in one shot, one bubble, and then an attachment, and then using emojis in a way that actually makes sense, or if not, a GIF, or any other sort of attachment, that has taken off outside of institution. It's in our normal world now. That's how people are, that's how you communicate with your friends. You go on, why would I tell all nine friends when I get this group on Snap and hit them all? Right. And then if I don't want to talk to them anymore, I just mute it. Exactly. And you come back, and like, it makes sense, right? So what I observed, and why I bet on Snapchat at seven bucks when I first saw the people on Teams doing this, was I recognized that the, the future communication is not... I mean, even my wife, she scrolls on, on the feed on Instagram so quickly she couldn't possibly digest anything, <laughs> right? People want to have a communication tool that isn't wonky like Messenger or like... And they're all fine, but they're not designed for how we communicate today, whereas Snapchat is perfectly... Design it, and so is Slack and and Teams and the rest of them. They're perfectly designed to to centralize all of our information 
It's our pictures, our videos. In fact, we can shoot it right there and edit it right there in the message and send it out to everyone. We could share it with the world. We could share it with just one person. We can make it private to ourselves. You can do all of that inside of one message blip, right? And that to me is like, oh my God, it, that literally is the, the connective tissue that we're all going to be talking through in, for the next at least few years until it's, we don't talk. We just literally do videos or whatever. I don't even know what we're going to do. TikTok <laughs> is weird. But I think that that's a huge piece. And so Snapchat and any other communication devices and things, when you're looking for 2020, you look at 2019, I think the story was we made a transition. Tesla's one of those two. We're transitioning towards a different kind of energy use. Like people are okay with it. I just talked to a guy in the garage today who parked his Tesla to charge next to me. And we just, I don't know this dude from Adam. We just started a conversation for like 10 minutes over like just our experience since me, since August, him in the last month. Because it's new. And it's like, I never would have been an electric car driver. Now I am. And let me, I can't wait to tell you about it. And that's sort of like the way we're moving now. And it's, it's the same with all these. So if you look at companies to invest in and what did well, it's the ones that were around, were proven, had established a base, and then were able to start converting on this, which goes back to the many rants of this show about <laughs> growth versus revenue. You have to have a strike a nice balance. Now, if you want to look at the companies that didn't do well, it's the ones that didn't quite they haven't spent enough on growth yet or their revenue numbers aren't aren't where they where the the market wants it but the company doesn't make sense to everyone yet like if you're a person who's going to invest in Uber or Lyft you understand Uber and Lyft as the ride share company but there's so much more they're a gig economy a company they they have there's the autonomous driving which is a whole other thing that's something that will be a huge game changer uh, for their their margins in the future but right now Uber works, Uber freight. There's so many things. And if you're an investor and you, like a, a retail investor, you you all listening out, out there, if you don't understand the, the complexity of the business, it's very hard to, pro- to provide a real value to it. And so the companies that did very poorly post IPO this year, and you can go into a ton of companies, but the ones that post IPO did very poorly is Slack. I don't understand what it is. Like, wh- why? What was the point here? And you don't realize how many different applications it has because you haven't used it. Uber and Lyft, you looked at it singularly. I think we looked at a couple. Peloton had like a little bit of a bounce because of the stupid ad, which is the fact that people got pissed is stupid. But the whole thing, Peloton is a company that has so much more, but people just see the bike. And so I think what we're going to see in 2020, as opposed to what we just saw in 2019, is that as long as those companies that are transformative, they're disruptive in a way that we we like literally never do the same thing the same way again. If the majority of people now view those companies that way and actually try it and it works, you're going to see massive, massive growth. I think the, the companies that, that can, that can go through the roof on the business side is obviously like Salesforce. I mean, I don't know how much higher Tesla could go right now. I think they could, I think they could literally trade at a thousand dollars plus a share by the time all said and done. They're up 4,000% since their IPO 4,000. Snapchat, I think, is a twenty dollar plus uh, plus uh, plus dollar a share company. There's a lot of things out there, and the future is going to the future being 2020 is going to be very similar to 2019, except there probably will be a little bit of a dip in recession. But the tech companies aren't going anywhere because we're so ingrained in them. We're stuck in using them. They're not going anywhere. So uh, I, I think the the big lessons and lookbacks for me. And it should be the same for you is to look back at any of the companies that you've invested in this year, uh, even if it's your portfolio that your investor invested in, you should look at them 
and just take a look and see over the last year, not just the percentage up, but like literally how many of them have done extraordinarily well in growth numbers and in, in their revenues and in the stock share price. And how many of them are companies that you use or notice in a regular day? Because the, the days of like all these random companies you've never heard of, they're just not going to, it's not going to be that way because we're such a brand centric people now and we share everything. So that's my two cents on that. Uh, I think we'll, uh, we, we got to take a quick break, go to the news and such. And then I can't wait to come back here with the startup showcase. I'm going to ask Vivi on the show exactly who she would invest in. So right now, the, the investment dollars in my pocket are going to go to one of these two great companies uh, as the result of the decision of a six-month-old. So that, that's where we are these days. So I'll be right back to the Startup Showcase on WGN Radio. In the background, you may or may not have heard my co-host, Vivi. She's going to do the introduction here, aren't you, Vivi? <laughs> that's six-month-old talk for it's time for that startup showcase let's see who's in the elevator welcome to the startup showcase who do we got you there lisa yes i'm here all right go ahead uh give the pitch okay uh well i'm lisa i'm the co-founder of dealy as you know cancer is still the second leading cause of death for a while and that's because first, cancer is detected late, and second, uh, once it's detected, it's so difficult to monitor if the treatment that is being applied to patients still keep working on them until it's too late. For that, we created a blood testing device for early cancer detection and monitoring the treatment. And the way that we do that is uh, we isolate and analyze the cancer cells in blood. All right, very cool. Well, obviously, it's a very important piece uh, of the puzzle here. Um, I have to say, you guys have had a, a pretty good start to the to the business. I mean, you're a graduate of Y Combinator, which for those listening who are un- unaware, uh, that is the preeminent incubator, I would say, in the world, but definitely in this country and based in San Francisco. Um, the blood testing device that isolates and analyzes circulating tumor cells. I want to know more about that and why you got into it. But first, let's get into the numbers real quick. Uh, 1.4 million dollars in pre-sales uh, you guys have raised about 1.3 in total funding so far you've got about thirty-one thousand raised from about 200 investors on republic if you want to invest in this company along with us uh, just go to republic.co uh, slash d-e-l-e-e and you can follow along and check out the term sheet just register to invest you can invest for as little uh, as it looks like 50 bucks uh, with a 10 million dollar value cap um, by 2023 you guys have a market uh, expectation valuation of about 28 million uh, 20 sorry 28 billion uh, that you can get a piece of this is one of those companies that I think has obviously immense potential I mean I don't want to get in the whole Theranos thing but like that was one of the reasons that that company was able to raise so much money and get traction so quickly was that this is something people want they want a better way um, to live they want a better healthier way to live they want a better easier way to test and screen for things things that they're afraid of. And so uh, I think that that speaks to this, but what got you into this business? What, what is the caveat for, for why this business for you guys? Yeah, uh, basically all the three founders have lost families because of cancer. And we saw in the first hand how uh, first it's difficult for, for cancer to be detected earlier. Uh, most cancer don't have symptoms and 
once cancer is diagnosed, uh, there is no way for doctors to know if the treatment they are applying to the patients keep working because cancer is a disease that changes. And treatments are way too expensive for most people to afford it. So imagine uh, you get the money to pay for the treatment and then you wait six months to 12 months and the doctor told you like, okay, I'm sorry, this treatment didn't work. We're going to find another way, another line of treatment. And which, uh, for most patients, they don't have uh, that second opportunity. They die along the way. So uh, we, with all the studies made, uh, the MD Anderson and a lot of uh, cancer research being done in Europe and United States, and it we said that if you can capture uh, the cancer cells that the tumor releases into the bloodstream, that is a really good way for you to keep track of the patient and to also do early monitoring. So we decided that if we could help those patients, that if we could really give them a chance to fight for cancer, then be it. That's the only thing uh, that was in our mind, that it is in our mind to help those people to have all the chances that they can so they can be cured in the end. I think yeah, now, you bring, you bring yeah, up a really good point there. I mean, the, I think the thing that a lot of times we forget, and, you know, obviously it's understandable because people are, you know, suffering. These are family members that they're watching, you know, die or, or suffer alongside of them. Uh, and it's very hard to, to, like, focus on some of the, I don't know, more obvious parts of it because it's just, you're just, your brain's not there during that time. But one of the things that you said that stood out to me is the, the timeline where we wait and try, we wait and see. We do this, we give you this treatment, you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait, and then, like you said, they, they unfortunately die along the way. Um, if there yeah. were a way to figure out how to do this a little quicker um, and a way to be able to tell if we're having progress throughout this entire thing, you know, that would be incredibly helpful. Yes, it's a life changer. Yeah, for sure. Well, literally. I mean, it, it literally is. Um, so on the technology side, what's the background that you have to uh, for your team or other that has gotten you kind of on this journey that, to build this? Because it's, you know, it's not, a, not an easy build, I, I presume. <laughs> no, no, no. It's definitely no easy. Uh, for us to develop this technology, we require uh, the expertise of uh, people with doctorate and masters in different backgrounds. We're talking about molecular biology, op- optics, uh, electronics, manufacturing, um, doctors, oncologists. And right now, our people is composed by 15 uh, most experts in the field, in those fields. And we created the technology in less than two years. And we already tested on prostate cancer patients, and we successfully isolate and analyze those cells. And that was great because now the technology is working. And the reason we are um, right now on Republic is to get the funding that we need in order for us to expand the trials to different types of cancers and to release the technology to the market by 2020. Very cool. Awesome. Well, I, I hope you guys are successful with this and, and have a, a great future ahead of you because I think it it potentially um, can be a game changer in the world. I mean, the cancer thing is is real and people all know, and there's not many people out there who don't have a relative or someone they know of who's died of cancer. And so this touches yeah. everyone. Uh, where do people go and how do they invest in you? Yes, uh, they can go to the public site, uh, Google our company. It's in the main page. It's Gilly. 
and they just uh, put a click of invest in Chile, and you can put any quantity of money up to $50. Very cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Uh, all right, folks, we are going to share that on social. You can follow me at Technori or follow me at Katoon um, on everything social. I'm going to share a link to this in case you want to check it out. Um, I think it's really interesting, as, I've, as I kind of mentioned to Lisa, um, you know, one of the things that we have seen in, in, in Chicago in particular, there's a lot of insurance company, uh, tech companies here. We have Matter, uh, which is a healthcare-based incubator, one of, in my opinion, one of the best in the country. Uh, and they, they have been so kind as to invite us in and let me, you know, speak to these people, um, the students and the, they have students as well as faculty, as well as, uh, founders that they let me drone on and help and, and to at least try to help and mentor. Um, and I've gotten the opportunity to meet with a lot of companies that are working on things like, not necessarily like this, um, but very similar in the, in the impact of their medical field of choice. So whether that is screening or it's blood testing, or it's prosthetics, um, there's an insane market there for it. The competition is incredibly steep, but also really, like, I don't know how to describe this. This is super, 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 super talented people trying to fix things like this. But simultaneously, um, they have to have access to a lot of money, uh, a lot of foundation stuff, a lot of research institution uh, you know, data, and so it's it's actually not very easy, and there's not a ton of competition, but the competition that is out there is steep. Uh, and so with Lisa and the rest of these companies, uh, I really think like Dali has an opportunity to do something incredible, um, but they're going to have to move at the pace that is, uh, how do you say this, uh, medical. Like every, everybody's been in a hospital, you know how slow things can go. You've got to move at that pace to be able to get this right, because I think the one, putting on my investor hat for a second, the one... Uh, thing that scares me and it's not about them it's just that that theranos thing you know that it was such a disaster and there's so many people i think that have it kind of stuck in their system that it's it's hard to ignore but i think once they get past that and and like like she said they've had a couple of trials already um and they're trying to to raise this money to get through trial if this thing works like actually works it's a game changer and there's a ton of money, and Vivian loves it. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and uh, me and the little child here are going to come back and catch one more pitch and decide at the end of the show which one we should uh, throw our money in. So, Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon, co-hosted by Vivian Katoon. Vivian, do you have anything to add to this? She's a natural, folks. It's already over. All right. We've got one more pitch coming in. We're going to check and see who's in the elevator. So let's do that right now. Welcome to the Startup Showcase. Hello, good morning. This is Antonio speaking. I'm the co-founder and CEO of YouCanEvent.com. So uh, all of you that are listening, uh, you might found this problem that anytime you want to organize an event for your company or for your community, you never know where to find the venue, caterers, photographers, staffing, um, furniture needed for your event experience. So youcanevent.com is one-stop shop that aggregates all the event services you need for your next event. Uh, we have big companies that are using our online marketplace for their event experiences, such as Microsoft, Deutsche Bank, TomTom, and many more. And the reason why our customers love us, it's because we, when you book through our platform, we offer you an event assistant 
to help you on site during the event for free. And this person not only helps you, but also takes pictures and makes video footages of your event experience that later are offered to you for community engagement. So imagine you come, you find your venue, you book your catering, you order your furniture, and then you have a person on site to help you and capture remarkable content for community engagement. Very cool. Um, so just a recap here on the uh, another San Francisco-based company here. On the numbers and what you can do, people can invest in the company at republic.co backslash you can event. And uh, you can check them out there. They've got about 75 investors so far. Value cap of $7.5 million, 20% discount, minimum investment of $100. Um, seems to have some traction here. Tapping into a $300 billion event planning industry, which we'll get into in a second. Uh, almost $700,000 in transactions to date. Um, and 5,000 users in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I want to kind of get break this down a little bit because I, I come from the event space. I got out of it because it wasn't, you know, it was definitely not my strong suit. We we did well with what we had, and I don't know, that's not even saying much, but um, I, I do definitely understand the, the dilemma and the problem of events and the challenges. Very similar to wedding planning, except for usually, uh, well, my bride might disagree with this. Uh, there's a lot of angry brides after you when you're doing a corporate event because these are people who've paid money with an expectation of your delivery. And so it's it's certainly something that I think um, it's real, folks. It, it's, it's very challenging to put on events and, and then not be able to deliver. And then something invariably always happens and you have to come up and scramble really quickly. So I totally get it. What I want to figure out is the metrics here, because we have a company local here in Chicago called Expo, which is not in the same business as you at all, but does have what I presume to be a similar monetization strategy um, in that the monies that are spent on things during the event, whether it's using the venues, using the, the you know, whatever uh, tools and devices and services that you offer through your platform, they take a cut of it. And if they do the math right, they can afford to give you an assistant or put somebody on site, and then they can you know, make revenue on those people uh, by having them take photos, which they sell back to you. So there's a lot of different you know, sort of man-made, self-created revenue streams that exist by your, just by the fact that you exist and, and curate all these things for everybody. That's Expo. You guys are, I'm guessing, kind of similar, right? I mean, you, you, you have a platform that helps Egg. put everyone together, and then you take your cut. Egg. Exactly. So... We make uh, our commission is between 18 uh, percent. And uh, the beauty of of our business and our experience is that our customers, they have instant access to the pricing online. So it's like, you know, we also focus on the smaller scale size of events. So 10 to 200 people, you know, like fireside chat events, networking events, social mixers. So we, we don't do you know, complex conferences, we don't do trade shows. We just want to be the online marketplace where you can buy either event packages or s- smaller services, you know, like only catering or only staffing for your event experience. Totally. So, so this is like, so when I was describing Expo before, a uh, Chicago company, um, they are that, but only for the conferences. So they literally only do perfect. Uh, the setup of yeah. conferences and like the large scale events and they're, they're, you know, and, and these a lot of these. I think people who are listening might not be aware of this unless uh, you work in certain industries. But there are entire, you know, medical sales, etc. But now it's growing into SaaS and, and cloud and all kinds of stuff. Exactly, where everything yeah. is event. There are so many conferences that are hosted by just exactly. individual companies that this market is insane. 
I get it. And 85 I also, million even. 85, 85 million. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, in the United States. United States only. Yeah, and that doesn't even go across uh, abroad. And I, I know that you're also um, in South America, correct? Uh, originally, I'm from Portugal, Europe, and my co-founder from Brazil. That's uh, okay. South America. So it's like eventually we want to be global. Of course, for sure. Um, and, and so what I what I like about this business is a couple things. Um, you've you've sort of hit on all like the key things, but what I kind of like about this is that you enable everyone. Uh, to be able to have events of their own, whether it's you know small or big, uh, big being sort of you know up to you on what what that size means to you. But I think you know when we were in the event space, our thing, our barrier was we had an insane venue. We had Chase Auditorium as a venue, and when we work came into Chicago and gave away space to everybody, we didn't have a defense barrier, and so then it just became a free for all. And what we started yeah. recognizing is, is in order to compete, we had to up our game. By having more curation, food, drink, beverage, you know, valet, things, all the extras that people would uh, differentiate and say, oh, this is a premium event. The problem with that is not only does it cost a lot of money to do, as you know, but it costs a lot of money to organize because that's not what I do. So I've got to hire someone. Exactly. And that's what exactly. you guys do. You eliminate the need for me to have a hired person. You give them an assistant, but you basically exactly. say, listen, we'll put all that stuff together for you and make it, you know, turnkey. Exactly. Well said. I, I couldn't describe better. And, you know, on top of that now, uh, because you have experience and, you, you know, for all the listeners in the show, uh, it's like the beauty of our platform is that then from all the events you organize through the platform, you will have these pictures and videos of the event experience that later are offered to you on a page that you can share on social media or email marketing or whatever and also will serve as a portfolio. So, for example, I bet, and I will ask you this question, how many events have you organized in the, in the past? Uh, 300. Okay. How many of those 300 you have pictures in an organized way that you can show me as a portfolio? Uh, probably, I mean, we took pictures of all of them, but probably 10 that we did organize. We took the effort of hiring a person to do photos. See? <laughs> So that's the problem, you know what I'm saying? Like, from all, all of those 300, you don't have a portfolio, neither content, neither, nope. you know, uh, proof that's of what you have then. That's all we got. Yeah, but Instagram, it's like is a lost uh, type of, you know, social network when related to the events industry, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, totally. Uh, because the events market is, is, is huge by itself. So, you know, that's the, the beauty is kind of like, we help you tell your story. We we'll ha- we help you build your community. We help you show what you have done, and the customer experience just gets you know exceptional. Well, I mean, I can give uh, the listeners here a testimony. I've mentioned the company several times already here, but the Expo locally, they've raised about ten million dollars and are, are pushing fifty million dollars in annual revenue, and they're only into like the third year. Um, so if, if that doesn't tell you that there's an opportunity <laughs> in the space, uh, yeah. it's 100% on. It's all about ac- uh, you know how you execute. What are the things that you have to get right for you to be able to meet those valuations that you expect? Uh, so the most important thing is to focus on balancing the average sale and accomplish uh, fast scalability on that average sale. Uh, which average sale means you know how much it costs the average booking made on our platform, and then reducing as much as we can the sales cycle of the, of that um, sale, and 
you you know scale as fast as we can to the 1,000 bookings per month, and then you know that currently our average sale is almost 2,000, uh, which will give us almost two million GMV per month gross nice. revenue. So it's yeah. like uh, if we get and and you know it's very easy to spend two thousand dollars in an order because uh, once again we just focus on the smaller things like catering, you know, the, the small venue rental staffing. So it's like when you think about it, you know, it's just like 200 companies organizing five events per month, which at the current state of, of the market, it's very easy because, once again, those events can be an office party, a networking event, a fireside chat, a breakfast lunch, a breakfast or lunch, you know what I'm saying? So it's easy to push those five events per month. So if we accomplish that average uh, on the booking sale and we are able to scale to the 1,000 bookings, then we'll be like, uh, you know, fuel and, 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 and fast scalability because we can replicate the numbers all over the U.S. and then, you know, eventually get to the – our go- final goal in, you know, seven years will be like 1 million bookings per month. Yeah, no, I, I totally see it. I get it. Um, I think um, you have a, a tactical advantage in that – uh, for the larger events, they have to have a gigantic venue or some sort of highly organized machine, whereas you're arming and enabling the any person, as you put it, you can event. Any person can host an event, and it could be five people, it could be 50 people. Um, exactly. can just turn it on. So I totally get it. I think it really helps in the scale, and I, I hope the best for you. Uh, where do people go to follow and learn more and sign up? Uh, so youcanevent.com. Uh, we have everything there online. Also, the republic.co slash event. Is a good um, uh, page to understand more about us, and then all the social media we stand for. You can events on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, people also can reach out directly to me. Uh, my name is Antonio Trincao. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, all the social networks, and I'm more than happy to share the brand vision with potential investors or people that want to work with us. Very cool. Well, best of luck to you, Antonio. Thank you so much. Have right. a great day. You too. All right, folks, we're going to take one more commercial break. I'll come back and share a little social news real quick, and then we'll wrap it up. Like most of you, I presume, my show has lulled my co-host to sleep. Uh, There's a beautiful picture of her on Instagram, so follow me at Katoon on Instagram to get some of the backstory and some of the inside scoop. Follow at Technoria on Instagram to see some of the guests and the cool people coming in studio. And follow us everywhere. Go to Technoria.com and check out the podcast. Check out everything we're doing. That is a show for me. 